morning to you all. It's good to be with you today. Um, We are continuing a series that we've been in through the season of Advent, uh, this uh, sermon series entitled Waiting, which the big idea is that as we've been uh, going through Advent, which is a season of preparation, a season where we are kind of hyping ourselves up for the celebration of Christmas, um, we acknowledge that we are in the midst of waiting like God's people in the Old Testament were waiting for, for God to show up for God to act, for God to deliver on his promises. And, and we as, as Christians, we acknowledge, we, we confess that Jesus, when he came at, at Christmas, he began to usher in those promises of God, but, but that he promises to come back again and, and fulfill in, in completeness all of those promises. And so we're in this period of waiting where we look back to celebrate that Jesus has come, he's arrived, which is uh, what Advent means, arrival, But we look forward to the fact that Jesus is is coming again, and he will bring about all of his promises to completion. And so we've looked at a couple of those promises from the book of Isaiah over this past few weeks. We've looked at how Jesus has brought us peace, how Jesus has brought us love last week, and today we look at how Jesus promises to bring us joy this week. Uh, One thing I've noticed in my life, and maybe you've experienced it too, but if if you're to kind of post on your social media or make a declaration, if you're not a social media person, you just kind of make, like are in conversation with people, um, you kind of share something that, that you love, like a certain type of food or, or you have a particular view on a movie, like you saw a movie and thought it was really good. One thing I've noticed that no matter what the topic is, when you share like, hey, this was awesome, uh, chances are there's at least going to be one person that's going to come in and be like, well, actually... It really isn't that good. I'm not really a fan of fill in the blank, whatever it is. Chances are, no matter what the topic is, no matter what the subject matter is, you're going to find at least somebody who, who disagrees with you, who, who kind of is anti that thing or that position, whatever it is. Except, I think, when it comes to joy. I don't know that I've ever come across a person that would say, I am anti-joy. Maybe, you know, Scrooge McDuck or Ebenezer Scrooge, like the the kind of fictional characters, but like a person in our real life, I don't know anybody that would say they are against joy. It's something we all want. It's something we all long for. But the question, and really kind of the, the disagreement, if you will, comes in this. Where do we find joy? That's really the the big question when it comes to joy. Where do you find it that it's going to last, that it's going to provide, that it's going to be something that isn't going to fade away? That's where people have, have different thoughts of where we find joy. We all want it, but we all may look for it in different places. Uh, this is why uh, Isaiah, in, in the reading we heard today from Isaiah chapter 9, is helpful, I, I think, for us as people of faith, is because Isaiah kind of paints the picture of, of what joy is and ultimately where we can find it. Here again what Isaiah says in verses 2 to 3 from our reading. Isaiah is, is writing these words. He's proclaiming these words to a, a group of people who were in uh, a very hard situation, who were in uh, depression, who were in difficult circumstances. And Isaiah says this, He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. He's talking in the past tense, but really what he's doing is he's referring to a future event when the Messiah, the Savior King 
of the Old Testament is going to come to rescue his people. So he's saying, when that day comes, the people who walked in the great darkness will see a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. And here's the key. God, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. A couple things to note is Isaiah is proclaiming the promise to God's people and really to all people in the earth that when God's Savior, when this promised coming king shows up, he's going to bring, among, any, among all the things he's going to bring, he's going to bring joy. And, and Isaiah is painting a picture of what that joy is going to be like in two kind of main like images. Uh, he uses the image of, of the harvest and the image of the, the spoils of war, which may not be relatable to to us here in this room unless you're a farmer or like unless you are like an ancient military expert. But he's talking to people who lived off the land. Like the culture of his day was largely kind of farming and living off the land and providing. Like that's how they provided for their families. That's how they made money. And they also were living in a time when when armies would be in constant battles against one another, that your next-door neighbor, like if they all of a sudden started getting bigger and stronger, you were worried, like, man, are they going to come and, like, just take us over and beat us up? And so we were living in this fear of, of the bigger army kind of showing up any given day and, and taking us away from our homes. And Isaiah uses those images and says, when the Savior comes, he's going to bring joy, like, like when you've planted your crop and you're, you're waiting for the harvest and you're, you're wondering, is there going to be enough? Like, has it rained enough? Has there been enough sun? Has there been enough that the harvest is going to come through? Because we need to provide for our family. We need to, to make money. Are we going to have enough? And, and Isaiah says, when the Savior comes, it's going to be like the harvest came, but it was way bigger than you expected. So you kind of are like, whoa, we are, we are blessed beyond belief. We have more than we could have imagined. And then he says, when the Savior comes, it's going to be like when, when the military goes off to war and, and you're kind of wondering, like, well, our guys beat the bad guys. Because if we win, then they'll come back with the spoils of victory and we'll have a feast, we'll have a party. But if the, if the bad guys win, um, then they're going to come and it's not really going to be a party anymore. But they see their guys come back. And he says, when the Savior comes, it's going to be like the party you have when your enemy is defeated and you don't have to look behind your back wondering, are, are we going to get overtaken? Are our enemies going to defeat us? He's like, you can breathe easy. And Isaiah says, that's what it's going to be like when the Savior comes. That joy is what you'll experience. Now again, you may not totally relate to crops, you may not relate to military, but I think he's tapping into something where joy is felt when you look at your life and you realize my needs are met. When you look at your life and you realize my needs are met, and that feeling that, that comes over you when, when whatever it is, whatever it is you were worried about, like are we going to have enough of this? Are we going to get enough of that? And that feeling when you look and you realize we have more than enough. We are provided for. Our needs are met. And that sigh of relief, whew, that feeling is the joy. 
Or, or maybe you don't have a military, you know, battle in your life, but you have enemies in your life. You have fears. You have worries. You know that feeling when, when whatever it is you were afraid of is dealt with? Like that thing that was looming over you, that was causing you stress and anxiety, is taken care of, and you could be like, oh my goodness, like I've been living like clenched, but now I can breathe easy. That's the joy. And Isaiah says, when the Savior comes, take that times a million, billion, times a number you can't even fathom. And that's the joy the Savior will bring. But until that day comes, how does Isaiah describe people in general? He says, until that Savior comes, we're walking around in the dark. We're stumbling around in a deep darkness looking for joy. Um, one of the things that, that they didn't provide me when, when our first kid was born, they don't provide you like a list of, here's how to take care of this new human. They just give you the human, and they're like, all right, raise it, take care of it, figure it out. And it's like, okay. One of the things they don't tell you is, is you know how you have in your house floors, and you can usually see it? When you have kids, you can't really see much of your floor anymore because you got toys, you got a whole bunch of other things that all of a sudden in no time, it's filling the floor and you're like, I can't even see the floor. Which, which may not be all that bad, except when it's like 2 a.m. and it's pitch black and you don't have your glasses or your contacts in and you gotta navigate your way through the house either looking for something or getting somewhere and you've now entered a minefield. Minefield of Legos and toys and dolls and one wrong step, you're going to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> if you're a parent, I'm sure you can relate to this at some level. They should make that an Olympic sport, by the way. Like that should really be the new Olympic sport. Just like blindfold parents and be like, all right, figure it out. Walk, walk across the Legos. That, I, I bring that up because that image of walking around in the dark stepping on things, trying to grab at, at the thing you're reaching for, but maybe not getting it, maybe trying to look again, but, but having difficulty seeing, that's the image Isaiah says you and I and all of humanity is on our own. Like when we're trying to look for joy, we're like the parent at 2 a.m. trying to avoid stepping on Legos. Sometimes we're successful, a lot of times we're not. And, and that's really what we do with joy in our life is we look at all the little joys in our life and, and I'm sure you could think of a lot of little joys in your life. Like, like for me right now, one of the great things about being an adult is you get to buy your own Christmas presents. Like you get to pick it out and you get to buy yourself Christmas presents. That's amazing when you start having an income and you, it's amazing. Um, for me and my wife, one of the big purchases we're doing this Christmas is we're getting a, a brand new coffee maker with a built-in grinder. And if you know me, I'm a big coffee guy, and so is my wife. Um, but we're getting a nice coffee maker with a built-in grinder, so you put the beans in the top, and you put exactly the, the kind of amount of coffee you want to drink, and it'll just grind that specific amount. So it'll be the freshest beans as possible for the right amount of coffee. And then my wife is getting a, a nice steam wand, if you know anything about kind of making those kind 
kind of latte art and all that kind of stuff. She loves chai tea lattes. And so she's going to be making that. And we're so excited for that because when we wake up in the morning, those little joys of, of having that incredible cup of coffee, of having that, that, that latte drink, whatever it is, those little joys are amazing. And I'm sure maybe it's not coffee for you or whatever it is, but, but you, in your life, you have those little joys as well that are incredible, that are amazing, that, that bring you happiness, that bring you joy. But here's Isaiah's point, is that we look at that thing, whether it's coffee, whether it's your kids, whether it's your job, and we're like a vacuum pump, and we try and just bring all the joy out of it that we can. We try and suck all the joy out of it that we can and say, I'm going to get all the joy out of this. I'm going to get all the joy I can out of this. But then eventually, guess what happens? It runs out. And it doesn't satisfy. And then you're left looking to find a new thing. Oh, I'm into this new hobby now. I'm into this new thing now. My sports team's actually doing well now, so let me kind of suck all the joy out of that for a time being. But listen, they're going to disappoint you. I'm I'm telling Lions fans, I get it. You get it. You understand. They're going to disappoint. All these little joys will not last. And Isaiah says, if you look to anything in this world, it's like we're walking around in the dark, unsatisfied with the joys we find. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian author, writer of Chronicles of Narnia, if you're familiar with that story, he said that those joys in life like coffee or ice cream or kids, those are all obviously on different levels of joy. Um, Those things in life are meant to be signs of joy. Like they're meant to be good things we enjoy that ultimately point to something beyond itself. They aren't meant to be, in his words, the source of our joy. Because if they're the source of our joy, that's where we run into problems of, of never being satisfied, of never being fulfilled. And he says, but those things are good things that are meant to point to the big thing, the source of all joy, the giver of all those good gifts. And that, for, for Christians, for Isaiah, for the scriptures, that would be God himself. And until God shows up and shines his light in our hearts and makes us aware of how to find that joy, we're all walking around in the middle of the dark, searching for joy all that we can. And that's what makes Christmas so amazing, is God himself comes and shines his light into your life and my life and all of our lives. And he says this, the invitation of Christmas is this, you don't need to walk around in the dark anymore. You don't need to fumble around and step on Legos. You can see rightly. You can see the joys of this world for what they are, the little J joys. But you can see where true, lasting joy is found. It's found in God himself, revealed to us through Jesus Christ. As he's come to us at Christmas, as he's come to us in our life to shine his light, to make us aware of where to find true joy. 
and your true joy, that deep sense of knowing your needs are met, your fears are, are, are silenced, it can only be answered ultimately in Jesus. And he invites you to see your joy in him, to see that he brings that to you. If you're tracking, it's, it's the joys in life that we search for never satisfy, but God has revealed that that Jesus himself is that true joy we need. Great, great. Thanks, Pastor Andy, that Jesus is our joy. But like, how like, do we get the joy from Jesus? Do I just like, like look at a picture of Jesus? Like, what, what do we do? Like, how do I get that joy of Jesus? What does that mean? And I would offer you three, three real quick things about what the joy of Jesus means. The joy of Jesus is this. The joy of Jesus is of immense worth. The joy Jesus brings is unchanging, and the joy Jesus brings is otherworldly. Here's what that means. The joy of Jesus is of immense worth. Imagine you had a friend or a random person send you a letter, send you a note, and said, hey, feeling very generous this Christmas season. I've paid one of your bills in full. Merry Christmas. How thankful would you be it would depend on the bill, right? <laughs> like if, if a lot of people have switched from cable to streaming. Like we, we have streaming, but we have like eight different streaming services, so it's basically like we're paying for cable now. Um, if they're like, hey, we paid for your whole streaming or cable bill. Like, wow, that's, that's very generous. That's very thoughtful. Thank you. Like you'd be thankful. Compare that if they were like, we paid off your entire student loan bill or we paid off your entire mortgage. Like, whoa, okay. Now we're, now we're talking really thankful because you see the immense worth of what they've done for you. See, what Jesus does is he enters into this world and he, he does that except on a much, much bigger scale. He, he came into this world and he preached a message saying, however messed up you think you are, you're wrong. You're way more messed up than that. <laughs> like he comes, he comes to all of us and says, I love you, but you're really messed up. But, but here's the incredible news. You are more loved by him than you could fathom. And the only way that you see how deeply you're loved is by realizing how messed up and in need of his love you are. And Jesus says, I've given you all of that. Your student loan bill, your mortgage, whatever, whatever that big bill is that you're stressed about right now, Jesus is like, that doesn't hold a candle to the bill you owe to God Almighty. And yet, what has he done? He comes and he pays the bill. He takes it off of you and says, I've taken care of it. Sends you the Christmas card. Merry Christmas, I've taken care of it. It's all done away with. And when you see the gravity of that, when you see the incredible immense worth of that, of what Christ has done for you, that feeling that emerges is joy. Jesus, his joy is also unchanging. Uh, there was an old ancient Greek guy named Heraclitus. 
Some of you may have you know, read about him in school or whatever. He said this, and maybe you've heard this proverbial wisdom in one form or another. Heraclitus said, the only thing that stays the same is that nothing stays the same. The only thing that stays the same is that nothing stays the same. Maybe you've heard a version of that in your life, and, and I think that's pretty true, right? Like, the only thing that's constant in our lives is that nothing is ever constant. <laughs> Everything is always changing. Like, your circumstances are always changing. You think it's, it's good one minute, and then it flips. Your emotions are always changing. Your, your whatever it is are changing all the time. And yet into that change and uncertainty, Jesus comes, and this is what is said of Jesus in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's what Jesus promises to you, is that your emotions may change, but you know what will never change? His love for you. You may feel unlovable on any given day, but Jesus comes to you and reminds you that he loves you just the same, no less, and he couldn't possibly love you anymore. Your circumstances in life may change, but Jesus comes to you and says to this, uh, he says to you in your uncertainty, says, I will always be with you. You may not feel it, you may question it, you may doubt it, but he assures you, I am with you and I'm never going away. He promises you that he is for you, Just like, let that sink in. The God who has all power and might is for your best. And he promises to never change that. And when you come to grips with with that truth, that that your circumstances may go from amazing to, to total garbage, your emotions can flip from one second to the next, but the thing that will never change at all is God's love for you, God's presence with you, God's provision for you. And when you hold on to that and you let that center yourself, the feeling that emerges is joy. Lastly, not only is Jesus' joy of immense worth, it's unchanging, but it's also otherworldly. We have a lot of little joys in our life. And listen, they're all great. They're all good. But the thing that's in common with all of them, no matter if they're your favorite drink or sports team or your favorite person, they're all temporary. That we realize, and and sometimes this becomes painfully, we experience this in painful ways when maybe we lose something, we lose a job, we lose a possession, or, or, or even we lose a person in this life. We're confronted with the fact that the joys of this life are fleeting, that they can be here one minute and gone the next. And if our ultimate joy, if our source of joy is in any of those things, we're putting it in shaky ground. But Jesus promises you this. He's bringing a new world. Like, like here's the thing we remember in Advent. We don't just remember Jesus came as a little baby. We do remember that. We celebrate it. We have the manger. We have all the things about baby Jesus. But what we also do as Christians is we remember and we look forward to this, that Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's bringing a whole new world with him. 
a world that, that is not going to be fleeting, that is not going to suffer, that is not going to experience pain, but a new, perfect world. A world that, that believe it or not, all of the joys that we have right now won't hold a candle to. All of the joys that you've lost this year, like maybe you've lost a, a circumstance in your life or maybe you've lost a person that was a source of joy in your life and you're looking at this Christmas season and you're like, I'm not going to be with them now and that's going to hurt. That's going to be painful. The promise of Jesus is this, that he's bringing a new world with him where all of those joys that are so fleeting right now will be given back to you, but even better. All of those joys that we hold on to loosely now will be given back to you, but even better because his joy is a joy that brings in a new world. And when you let that truth shape your heart and mind that that's where you're going, that helps you with what you're going through. When you know that that's where it's all going, a new world where all the joys are restored and given back because of the true joy of Jesus, it gives us the ability to endure what we're going through right now. Whatever it is we're going through. And so you may be in a really bad situation in life, but when you have that joy, you have enough. You have peace. You have comfort. You have a joy that is otherworldly. So I invite you to, to reflect upon this one question today, this week, this Christmas season. I want to have you take one question with you. What is it that you've been like vacuum, vacuum pumping for joy? Like what's the thing that you've been latching onto and you're trying to get all the joy you can out of it but you know it's only a sign, not a source. What is it for you? And I want you to think of what that is and acknowledge it and say, this is a good thing, but it's not meant to be the source of my joy. And the invitation this Christmas is for you to see that the light has come. You don't need to walk in the dark anymore. You don't need to fumble around, stubbing your toe. You can see that true joy has showed up, that true joy has made himself known to you. And may we put our trust, put our faith, put our whole selves into that joy that Jesus brings to us. Amen.